0: Instinctively, he tried to scramble for cover. The silencer spat, and the curator felt a searing heat as the bullet lodged in his stomach. He fell forward, struggling against the pain. Slowly, Sonier rolled over and stared back through the bars at his attacker. The man was now taking dead aim at Sonier's head. Sonier closed his eyes, his thoughts a swirling tempest of fear and regret. The click of an empty chamber echoed through the corridor. The curator's eyes flew open. The man glanced down at his weapon, looking almost amused. He reached for a second clip, but then seemed to reconsider, smirking calmly at Sonnier's gut. My work here is done. The curator looked down and saw the bullet hole in his white linen shirt. It was framed by a small circle of blood a few inches below his breastbone. My stomach. Almost cruelly, the bullet had missed his heart. As a veteran of La Grande Guerre, the curator had witnessed this horribly drawn-out death before. For fifteen minutes, he would survive as his stomach acid seeped into his chest cavity, slowly poisoning him from within. Pain is good, monsieur, the man said. Then he was gone. Alone now, Jacques Saunière turned his gaze again to the Iron Gate. He was trapped and the doors could not be reopened for at least twenty minutes. By the time anyone got to him, he would be dead. Even so, the fear that now gripped him was a fear far greater than that of his own death. I must pass on the secret. Staggering to his feet, he thought of the generations who had come before, of the mission with which they had all been entrusted. An unbroken chain of knowledge. Suddenly now, despite all the precautions, Jacques Saunier was the only remaining link the sole guardian of one of the most powerful secrets ever kept. Shivering, he pulled himself to his feet. I must find some way. He was trapped inside the Grand Gallery, and there existed only one person on earth to whom he could pass the torch. Saunier gazed up at the walls of his opulent prison. A collection of the world's most famous paintings seemed to smile down on him like old friends. Wincing in pain, he summoned all of his faculties and strength. The desperate task before him, he knew, would require every remaining second of his life. Robert Langdon awoke slowly. A telephone was ringing in the darkness, a tinny, unfamiliar ring. He fumbled for the bedside lamp and turned it on. Squinting at his surroundings, he saw a plush Renaissance bedroom with Louis XVI furniture, hand-frescoed walls, and a colossal mahogany four-poster bed. Where the hell am I? The Jacquard bathrobe hanging on his bedpost bore the monogram, Hotel Ritz, Paris. Slowly, the fog began to lift. Langdon picked up the receiver. Hello? Monsieur Langdon, a man's voice said. I hope I have not awoken you. Dazed, Langdon looked at the bedside clock. It was 12.32 a.m. He had been asleep only an hour, but he felt like the dead. This is the concierge, monsieur. I apologize for this intrusion, but you have a visitor. He insists it is urgent. Langdon still felt fuzzy. A visitor? His eyes focused now on a crumpled flyer on his bedside table. The American University of Paris proudly presents An Evening with Robert Langdon, Professor of Religious Symbology, Harvard University. Langdon groaned. Tonight's lecture, a slideshow about pagan symbolism hidden in the stones of Chartres Cathedral, had probably ruffled some conservative feathers in the audience. Most likely, some religious scholar had trailed him home to pick a fight. I'm sorry, Langdon said, but I'm very tired and... Mais, monsieur, the concierge pressed, your guest is an important man. If you would be so kind, Langdon said, could you take the man's name and number and tell him I'll try to call him before I leave Paris on Tuesday? Thank you. He hung up before the concierge could protest. Sitting up now... Langdon turned and gazed tiredly into the full-length mirror across the room. The man staring back at him was a stranger, tousled and weary. His usually sharp blue eyes looked hazy and drawn tonight. A dark stubble was shrouding his strong jaw and dimpled chin. Around his temples the gray highlights were advancing, making their way deeper into his thicket of coarse black hair. If Boston Magazine could see me now. Last month, much to Langdon's embarrassment, Boston Magazine had listed him as one of that city's top ten most intriguing people. A dubious honor.